I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome into the post-game edition of our Maze and Brew podcast here on mazeandbrew.com. I'm managing editor, team site producer, uh, podcast host extraordinaire, Anthony Broom, uh, here for to take you through the takeaways, the reactions to Michigan's 44-10 to 10 victory over the rival Michigan State Spartans on Saturday in Ann Arbor. It was a game where... I mean, every, just about everything that could go right for Michigan went right. It, they started out a little bit slow early on. Michigan State would score first in the game, but at the end of the day, you go through the box score here, 467 total yards, 384 yards passing, a career day for Shea Patterson. I believe uh, Jim Harbaugh said after the game, and, and I believe the stats would back this up, uh, the highest single-game passing performance in the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry for a Michigan quarterback. Uh, the, the guy who had the next highest game was Tom Brady with 285. Um, running game didn't get going, uh, only 83 yards rushing, but kind of figured that might be the case, and they were able to offset that, obviously, with the big day through the air. I don't even know where to begin with this one uh, because I'll be honest with you. I wish that it would, were more interesting to talk about, but let's call this what it was. Outside of it being a rivalry game, outside of it being little brother, so to speak, the team up the road, 
Mark D'Antonio, Michigan State Spartans, a guy who's kind of been a boogeyman for you over the years. I would love to sit here and tell you this is some program-changing win, that this is uh, you know, a, a statement made by Michigan, that this was you know an announcement to the rest of their schedule, which is Indiana and Ohio State, that they are ready to give them a football game and, and, and win the last two games of the year. I can't sit here and tell you that today. And, and the reason I can't is because Michigan State is a garbage football program that is poorly coached, that does not have any NFL talent on the roster. And quite frankly, as I sit here and, and mind you, obviously have a strong, you know, have the strong ties to the Wolverines, run Mason Brewer. We want Michigan to, to win every game. We want them to blow out every team that they play. I think what, what's going on at Michigan State is quite sad. Because as annoying as the Spartans are, there's nothing I would love more for this to be an iron bowl of sorts for the state of Michigan. And right now, this year, 44-10, last year, 21-7, a couple years ago, Michigan's win over a 3-9 Michigan State team. One team ain't living up to the end, their end of the bargain here. Michigan State is terrible. And don't get me wrong. This is a great win. This is as satisfying as they come at, in the here and the right now. Michigan players take this rivalry seriously. You hear the hatred now. You see the hatred now. It's not just, you know, uh-huh, little brother anymore. They are annoyed by this program. They are perturbed by this program. And all that Michigan State fans have wanted for years, and all that Mark D'Antonio has wanted for years, is for his team to be paid attention to and to be taken seriously by Michigan. Well, guess what? How'd that work out for you? Michigan has taken this rivalry back. And make no mistake about it. It will always be a rivalry. As long as they're in the Big Ten and as long as they're an hour, hour and a half away from you, it's a game that counts and it's a game that matters. But that's three out of four for Michigan now. Should be four out of five if you were able to field a punt. Jim Harbaugh has beaten Mark D'Antonio more often than he's lost him. Believe it or not, this was the first one at home over Michigan State under Jim Harbaugh. And the emotions of, I mean, last year was an emotional game. There, there wasn't the, there was some some dirty stuff on the field, some things that I, I thought the officiating was kind of, quite frankly, kind of kind of crappy on Saturday. Let the guys play, let them show some emotion on both sides. But it was a it was a fairly drama free game. But that's because Mark D'Antonio is a cadaver, and he brought a roster full of cadavers into the big house. I don't know what the, that team's going to do because they don't have the leadership structure in place to make a change like they should. But man, oh man. It is, is it ugly up, up there? And, and we said it all week. If you're Michigan, you have a chance to smell blood in the water, attack, take this thing back, 
and just and just move on to next week. That's a bad Michigan State team. They're four and six. They need to beat Maryland and Rutgers just to get bowl eligible, which they probably will. But I mean, like I said, you take away you take away who's on that helmet and and who's on the other sideline today. Ho hum! This is just another win for Michigan. It's a satisfying one, no doubt. But I can't sit here and tell you this is a a, a program changing win or a, a narrative changing win. Now, what it is, it's the first season in the Jim Harbaugh era that you are guaranteed guaranteed a winning record against rivals. Hats off to them for that. Now there's one left, so you're kind of playing with house money here. But the one that's left is the one that I think as Michigan begins to chip away at some of these narratives around them, I think it becomes pretty apparent why everyone's frustrated with where the program's at. Ohio State. So the magnifying glass now goes out of that game. I'll talk about what what the road ahead is later. But in the here and the now, Michigan State... Yeah, sorry, buddy. That ain't it, Chief. Where do they go from here? I don't know. Is Luke Fickle really going to go leave a leave Cincinnati to go there? No. Is Matt Campbell going to leave Iowa State to go there? Maybe. Is Jim McElwain, after one year at Central Michigan, ready to make that jump and... and I, I don't know. I hope he stays forever. Because I don't think things are improving there. And it's fun to beat Mark D'Antonio. So this thing is, is heading south in a hurry there. And you just, you know, you had your hand in that. So hats off to Michigan for that. Again, uh, like like I said, I, I can't. I don't think I can sit here and tell you that I learned anything about Michigan that I didn't see in you know the Maryland game, the Notre Dame game, the Penn State game, what have you. Other than the passing game broke out in a big way. Let me start with this though. In terms of, um, I will. I would like to eat some crow. And I'm, I'm going to do it here on this podcast. I was wrong. I was wrong, or at least I feel like I was wrong about some of the things I said about Jim Harbaugh and Josh Gaddis to start the year, that the era had become indefensible. Now, some of those big game performances, again, I can't defend that. What we're starting to see as this year goes along and as we reach the crescendo of the season is that offensive scheme changes take time and live reps, a lot of live reps. Especially when you've got three, four years of guys used to doing something differently. We're going to see, like I said, I think... Jim, the Jim, Jim Harbaugh bought himself some time when he changed offensive coordinators. 
or this may have been a make or break year for him. I think now it's we'll see how this offensive improvement finishes down the stretch and then how it looks after another full off season heading into next year. Again, I know people are, are, are sick and tired of wait until next year. But this offense, the offensive implementation, I continue to be impressed with it. And I think, you know, regardless of what you think about Michigan State as, as a team, as a program, what, what have you, this was Michigan's best offensive game of the season. I mean, maybe not rushing wise, but just in terms of how they attacked a defense that was, you know, and you see people on Twitter throughout this game on Saturday. Why aren't they taking the shots to Nico down the field? And why can't they run the football? And it's, you know, these are people that watch the game. And again, I'm not attack. If, if that's you, I'm not here to attack you. I'm here to explain what's going on. The reason that you're that they did not take a ton of deep shots down the field on Saturday was Michigan State was taking away the deep ball. And, and if nothing else, they've shown an ability defensively to do certain things and take things away. Shift, put some safety help over the top. Take away the deep ball from Nico Collins. Load the box, stop the run, which they did a pretty good job of. But what was most impressive to me was how Josh Gaddis and the Michigan offense was able to keep Michigan State's defense on its heels. There were We saw a lot of misdirection. We saw a lot of jet sweeps. There was a lot of things going on pre-snap that was kind of, you know, the eyeballs of Michigan State defenders were kind of all over the place. Heads were spinning. And you saw speed in space. I think one of the biggest misconceptions about what that concept is and, and what what Michigan's offense is is rolling is gonna be is this is a West Coast this is a West Coast offense, for better or worse. I think what is it? I'll count here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different guys caught a pass on Saturday. All of them from Shea Patterson. Ronnie Bell, I mean, again, there were points in this game on Saturday where he's just standing there waiting for the ball to come to him. Donovan Peoples-Jones had a very good game. Nico Collins, I mean, 22-yard touchdown that was kind of the exclamation point on the game. Mikey Sainer still had a few. Treek Black had one. Nick Eubanks caught a touchdown. So the ball's being spread around, and they, like, you can offset not being able to run the football by getting the ball out quickly and being decisive with it. And that's where I think I was most impressed with with how Shea Patterson played. I mean, the, the stats, 24 for 33, 384 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. 14, 14 of those completions, and this is per U of M Athletics. They told us this was in the box after the game. 14 of those completions went for 15 yards or more. That is speed and space in a nutshell. That right there. Speed and space isn't airing it out down the field. is isn't the air raid. It's not chucking the ball down the field. Speed and space is getting your guys the football and letting them make plays. Giles Jackson was your leading rusher on the day. Two carries, 32 yards. 34 carries, 83 yards as a team. And again, some of those get, you know, minus 15 for Shea Patterson because sacks count against your rushing total for some reason. 
but I, 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 I come away pretty impressed. Now, there were things left on the field, for sure. Some of the, the weird wildcat stuff, even though they scored a touchdown off of it, but then the 2QB stuff came back. Not a fan of that. Got a little too pretty, a little too creative. But the way that they were able, and the way that Josh Gaddis was able to piece together this game plan and, and execute it, I think the game plan was pretty good. And where it lacked was in execution in certain spots. But then as we started to see with this team, it was 17-7 at the half. You scored 27 points in the second half. You kind of hit your stride coming out of the locker room. So they're making adjustments. And they're being aggressive. They ran up the score a little bit on Saturday. As they should have. I have zero issue with that. Zero issue with that at all. Again, impressive offensive performance. I mean, I have I have nothing bad to say. I think a lot of people... You can look for certain things here and there, but uh, if, any, if nothing else about Michigan State you know that they're going to be ready to, to play defensively more often than not. They, a lot is asked of that defense because their offense is so terrible. They kept them in this game in the first half, so my, hat, my hat's off to them, but no. Everything else is a disaster for the Spartans. You hate to see it. So I'm going to take a quick break here, come back in a few minutes, and we will talk about... Shea Patterson and the road ahead for Michigan. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back here to the post-game edition of Michigan Football's 14-14. Give them more credit than that. 44-10 44-10 win over the Michigan State Spartans here on Maize and Brew. I'm Anthony Broom flying solo here in this postgame edition. So we talked about the state of the rivalry. We've talked about the offense. I kind of want to close things out here. I want to talk about quarterback, and I want to talk about uh, the road ahead here for a bit. Um, Shea Patterson uh, has been so impressive since really – the second half of that game against Illinois, which remember that game where we all freaked out and it turns out Illinois was maybe a little bit better than we thought they were. Yeah, that game. Michigan got out to a slow start and for the first maybe quarter or so of this game, 
Shea Patterson was being outplayed by Brian Lewerke, who played well to start this game. But when things started to click, it was because Shea Patterson got back on track. The ball was coming out quickly. He was finding those targets over the middle of the field, down the field. Wasn't always great, but you know what? He is what he is at this point. He's a senior quarterback. And if anyone out there is still waiting for that quarterback change, you're operating off of maybes and hope instead of what you have. I think what Michigan has done a really nice job of, what Josh Gaddis has done a nice job of, what Jim Harbaugh has done a nice job of. Well, Jim Harbaugh's, what Jim Harbaugh has done the best job here is never wavering in who his quarterback is. First and foremost, because I think even Shea Patterson would tell you he's shaken up to start the year. Whether injured, not injured, new offense. I think he was kind of drinking out of a fire hose, so to speak. I think Jim Harbaugh's done a really nice job of keeping him calm, composed, and empowering him. And then I think what Josh Gaddis has done, and it's not a coincidence, as Josh Gaddis has become more comfortable in knowing what his offense is going to be, and, and even now, like, we thought these last few weeks, oh, Michigan's turning into a running team. But now he's showing Gaddis, and we'll get back to Shea here, Gaddis is showing an ability to zig when the other the other defense zags. He can, he can play he can play chess a little a little bit more now. But in that increased comfort level for Josh Gaddis has been an increased comfort level in Shea Patterson and and trust in what he's able to do. He's not a guy who you can drop him back and he's going to read defenses down the field. Gaddis is doing a really nice job of putting him in positions to succeed. Yeah, maybe he's not an NFL quarterback, but when he's playing well, he's a pretty darn good college quarterback. That's sometimes, sometimes that's all you need. I mean, you know, clutch throws. Here's a stat for you. 7 for 10, 174 yards on third down. Jay Patterson owns Michigan State. Big win against those guys last year in East Lansing. Propelled them to a win last year in East Lansing. Really, really impressed with, with him on Saturday. Um, like I said, is it going to be enough? You know, you're going to, I I think you might be in for a bit of a track meet next week against Indiana. And obviously you're going to have to score against Ohio State. So to see that when your running game is slowed down, you still have the ability to, to make some plays through the air, through the passing game. You're not one dimensional. This is what we've been waiting to see all year. Confident, his confidence is high. You know, his it's got a little bit the edges back to a certain extent. He said after the game, he wishes that he would have started his Michigan career much sooner, so he had two more shots at the Spartans. But he's two and zero, so we'll take that. We'll take that for now. Defensively, I mean, what do you want me to say? Michigan State's offense stinks. Brian Lewerke is not good. 
did much better than 94 total yards of offense in last year's game. They had 220 yards in this year's game. Two of 13 on third down. 54 yards, 1.8 yards per carry. Yeah, it, it, uh, like I said, the message this week from a lot of Michigan players in these media sessions was that this thing doesn't have to be close if we don't want it to be. And of course, that raises eyebrows because people go, oh, you're giving Michigan State bulletin board content and that's what they feast off of and yada, 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 yada. No, he's totally right. If this team executed, there was no reason they should have won this game by any less than what they did. I mean, that's short of, I don't know, short of Rutgers and Maryland. They haven't played a worse team in the Big Ten this year than than Michigan State. In fact, you've played a lot of tough games. You've played Penn State. You've played Iowa. You've played an Illinois team that, you know, has been playing good football. It didn't have to be close. And, and for years, it felt like Michigan players and coaches just treated this as another game, didn't take it all that seriously. And they could say whatever they want publicly, but this one is personal for them. It is. A big, I think a big turning point in this rivalry is that once you can match the hatred that Michigan State has for you, they can't really weaponize that against you anymore. It's like, uh, you know, at one point, Michigan was like the popular girl in school who was like perturbed that someone was so obsessed with them. Why are you so obsessed with me? But now it's like, hey, we're better than you. We want to beat you. There's no reason we shouldn't beat you. So we're going to. I mean, good on them. Like I said, I don't know what the future holds for Michigan State. But you have a hard time. I have a hard time believing that uh, that the tide gets turned back in favor of the Spartans for a while in this one. At least for the next year or so, because they lose a lot of guys off of this year's team. So you, you dominated. You, you you blew out a team that you should have. I, I thought for the most part you were pretty disciplined. Um, like I said. Rivalry game, there's always going to be some extracurricular stuff that goes on. But uh, nice win, good win. Not quite a program-changing win. It's certainly a program stay on the good side of of things win. If they had lost this game, we'd be having a... uh, It would have been a disaster. Michigan State has been this bad all year. It's not like Michigan, Michigan didn't... It's not like Notre Dame where you did it to a good team. This Michigan State team stinks. And, and I give credit to the coaching staff, having them, having them ready to go. I give credit to the players for staying focused, staying locked in. As far as what it means for the road ahead, like I said, it's they're in a weird spot right now only because you're coming off an emotional rivalry win now and you've got another one two weeks from today. But you have to go to Indiana first, a team who, again, it's the chaos team. I don't think they'll be looking ahead uh, 
Indiana's not a pushover. I think it it actually helps that they're a good team because then you can kind of just move right into that. It's a team that's peaking at the right time. And again, all we keep asking is they get good enough to give Ohio State a game. Ohio State looked as vulnerable as one can look against Rutgers uh, on Saturday in that situation. You know, didn't didn't play as well as maybe Vegas said they should have. But again, Ohio State's a, a juggernaut. And Michigan continues to just play really good football and stack, keep stacking good weeks. All you can ask is they stack another good week, another... Go on the road, get an impressive win, because the road ones have been the hardest ones to get. You got you get this game next week, you're nine and two. Which is gonna give you two shots to get to ten wins this year. Because you're gonna have the Ohio State game, and then you're gonna have the bowl game. Again, I, I, I get the sense that I don't think that this team's gonna get absolutely destroyed or pulled apart by Ohio State. And I don't get the sense that they're really going to be broken by what happens at Ohio State in that game if, if it goes badly, like last year where it's a total mental reset. I think that they should be able, depending on what the bowl matchup is, I, I think that they can get to 10 wins. Which, again, I know it's frustrating because there's no Big Ten titles and all that, but you know when you're looking at your fourth 10-win season in five years, just knowing what the past looked like, like you just have to be okay with that in the here and now, depending on what it looks like. This offense is fun to watch now. It looks like they can be versatile in, in how they attack you. You want to load up and stop the run? Fine, we'll spread you out. We'll we'll get you all turned around. You want to drop a bunch of guys back in coverage? Fine, we'll line up. We'll smash you in the mouth. Nobody was asking this offense to become Oklahoma. But I think they wanted people they wanted to see Michigan be able to attack in a number of ways and at least use the talent that you have. And I I haven't even talked about Ronnie Bell. Hardly. Guy's the best most consistent wide receiver on your team. And anyone out here that has slandered him, that has talked ill upon him, that has questioned why Michigan would emphasize him in the passing game I sure hope you, you t- you've taken note of how he's played this year. Not only how he's played this year, but how he responded to what happened at Penn State. We could have very easily never heard from him again in terms of impact on the field. He's just gotten better after that. Im- impressive win. You'll take it. Big win, rivalry win over a bad team. You did what you're supposed to do to a rival and a bad team. So my hat goes off to them. Again, good effort, good win. I'm not going to sit here and call it much more than it was, other than it was satisfying as hell. And it feels good. This is the one that you talk about the next, you know, Ohio State is the one that we kind of stew about here and there. This is the one we talk about 364 days or for another 364 days, or whenever they play this game again. Because it's your neighbor. It's your girlfriend. It's your your boss. It's your students. It's, it's whatever sphere of life that you're in. You're, you're crossing over with a Spartan fan somewhere. So it feels good. It should feel good. 
It's two in a row. It's three out of four. Paul's staying home. It's all you can ask for. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website on Twitter at Maze and Brew. Follow us anywhere on social media. You know where we're at. Maze and Brew podcast five days a week. It's going to be a pretty fun couple weeks of interviews, content, basketball continues to roll around. A lot of good stuff coming, even heading into uh, December and the winter. So stick around with us for that. Wherever you get your shows, Maze and Brew podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone, all that good stuff. So thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you soon.